Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker and Dr. Cecile O'Brien Greenleaf has been nominated for a Pet Game Changer Award and we're so excited that she's able to join us today to tell us more about all of the amazing work that she's doing helping animals. So Dr. Greenleaf, it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to speak with you today and congratulations on your nomination. Thank you, Dr. Becker. It's so nice to meet you. For people that don't know about what you do and a little bit more about you, if you could tell our readers and listeners, uh, maybe walk us through your, your becoming who you are and what inspired you to, to want to do what you're doing. So I am a conventionally trained veterinarian at a very fine veterinary school, excellent professors and uh, trained by their interns and residents, you know, through my years there. Um, And uh, yeah, so I was in practice for a little while. I moved to California and um, I practiced here for uh, maybe a year before my, uh, I was married and my children started to arrive. So Mm -hmm. um, at that point I did step back from practice for a little bit and, um, and uh, during the delivery of my second child, we were both injured by the conventional practices. And it was at that time that I started to search for something a little bit outside of the medical model that I had understood and um, trained in all of my life. And that led me to Dr. Richard Pitcairn, who I believe has been a guest on your uh, program. Sure. Yeah. And um, so that was about 1999. And I studied with really I consider a mentor and friend all these years. And um, that was really eye-opening. I think the way I came to him was searching for something different for my family and then, and then for my patients. So I did return to practice uh, around two, the year 2000. And, um, you know, uh, it's a very small practice as I was raising my children. So I'm a house call practitioner. My focus is on homeopathy mm-hmm. and nutrition. And um, yeah, and so that's what I'm doing here in the Bay Area. Uh, in around 2010, oh, go ahead, please. Well, I just have one question about when you returned. Um, yeah. So you, you, you were conventionally trained and probably practiced conventionally and then took this hiatus for yourself and your family and then went back with homeopathic training. And I took Richard's training, I think in 1996. Um, and partly because I was, I was kind of doing cookie cutter homeopathy prior to that. And I just wanted to know what I was doing right and wrong. Um, and the course of course was very eye opening for me as well. When you went back, uh, did you, did you go, did you go back to, um, did, did you go back to a different practice or is that when you, when you started your house call practice is when you went back as more of a, a homeopathically trained doctor? Yeah, I'm, I, 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 when I went back into practice, I went 100% homeo- homeopathic. Okay. I couldn't okay. really, you know, as a well-trained uh, 
veterinarian, I understood the dangers of a lot of the things that we used routinely. And um, I didn't want to use anything like that in my family or in my patients at that point. And, um, okay. and then uh, according to Dr. Pritkaren, the practice of um, chiropractic or veterinary spinal manipulation therapy, as it's also known, is compatible with homeopathy. And so later on, I studied with Dr. Pedro Rivera at the Healing Oasis in Sturdivant, Wisconsin. And um, yeah, quite a wild experience that was and, and wonderful. So uh, at, at present, um, it is very small. And as you know, we've been in lockdown for uh, quite a few months now. So in terms of house calls, they're not very frequent, but um, the patients that I have already are you know, still working with them. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was my journey. It was really a healing journey for myself and family and my patients as well. I, I was raised in a, in a very proactive, kind of holistic-minded family. So it was just natural for me. I remember going, when I was in veterinary school, asking about Arnica in my pharmacology class. And I just remember the backlash of that. <laughs> but my, I, my, both my parents are teachers. So I was raised in this very inquisitive household where there was never a bad question and you could just ask away until you were able to get your your questions answered and so that shifted in veterinary school for me because not only couldn't they wouldn't answer and they couldn't answer my questions but I was chastised for asking too many questions and certainly down a vein of weirdness and strange my questions are always very strange to my conventionally trained teachers I came out just kind of thankful for that training, but went right on with my, with my integrative practice. You having an introduction early in life, but maybe not raised with that. What was the response of your friends and family? And, and clients, of course, are seeking you out and you're attracting people who are interested in the type of medicine that, you, that you're providing. But was there, was there a acceptance curve around you when you became homeopathically oriented? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of curiosity. Um, so I was raised in a city where one of the great um, homeopathic medical colleges formerly existed. Oh. So I'm from Philadelphia. So there's a tradition there. And I had heard of homeopathy, of course, before. And even my very best friend in veterinary school was raised in a family that used only homeopathy. But we mostly didn't discuss it. And um, in my own home, I've had uh, my children or their father say, oh, this voodoo you're practicing and so on like that. There's some derogatory, uh, you know, it's jo in a joking way, but still yeah. it's a slight put down. And, yeah. um, but generally people are curious and they also come, yeah. you know, it's a hard won uh, process for many people. They, like myself, they've been injured or uh, they're looking for an alternative. And, yeah. um, yeah, so I'm sure you know this story very well yourself. Well, and what's interesting, I think, at least in my sphere, is that as much as there's pokes and kind of jokes, when when someone that I know or love hits their head, they're like, "Oh, can you get me some arnica?" Like they they know the remedy, <laughs> they know the remedies better than I think that they know the remedies, and they they also go when when they when they really are seeking, it becomes quite serious, and they're quite open, and I think that that's. That's also very common as to why people seek out alternative medicine to begin with. I, I don't really like that term alternative, but when people start looking for other options, oftentimes they're desperate or 
what they have done hasn't worked. So they're interested in trying something different because either they are becoming sicker or they're watching something they love start to become unwell. And that's a big motivator for trying things way outside of your comfort zone. When you can feel your body getting weaker or something you love is getting sicker, people become quite serious and also open-minded by default is I guess what I would call it. So they come, they oftentimes seek out things be, uh, and, and modalities that they otherwise would never consider because their desire to heal is stronger than their desire to be right. Well, that would be one definition of growth, I would think. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's present, being presented with the situation and how do we go on from here. Yeah. So what do you love most about being a homeopathic practitioner? What's, your, what's, what's, the, what's one of the things that you really enjoy? So the relationships, the relationship. I um, uh, often, I am awed and humbled by the love or compassion, you know, whatever word, um, that the client has for their, their pet. Yeah. And um, that is really, really humbling and also vivifying for me. It's, you know, it's just um, renews my confidence in this life. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could share one thing with the world, if you could, if you, if you could let the world know one thing, what would it be? Well, it's a, it, I know you said one thing, uh, but the first thing for, um, in terms of veterinary, um, in the veterinary world, I would say, feed your animals the freshest, cleanest food that you can afford. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Um, educate yourself. And veterinarians are here to guide you. It's a real, it's a relationship. I think that's four things. They're really good things and they're all, yeah, they're, they're excellent. And, and I love that, that I, I feel as you do that owners, guardians, caretakers, they're in the best, they know their animals better than anyone. And they're in the best position to be making the most critical decisions, which means they have to, they have to make the best decisions. They have to be well-informed, which means they have to know more than they probably ever wanted to know, but that puts them in a place of being able to make the best decisions for their beloved. So I totally agree with you on those, all of those issues. It's wonderful. So simple, Dr. Greenleaf, if people wanted to, is it sim simple yet really important and pretty profound on a bigger picture? Yeah. Yeah. If people wanted to learn more about you or what you do, where would people go to find more information about you? I have a web page, and they can contact me through that web page. And um, it's Greenleaf, G R E E N L E A F V M D dot com. And you can also find me through the um, website of Dr. Richard Pickman. And do you do you do telemedicine? Do you do do you or not so much? Yeah, I like to meet my clients and their, their family members first. So, yeah. you know, it has to, has to be within a, a driving range, I would say. Yeah. I know that's coming, but um, I, I like that, the personal. Of course, of course. And that really allows you to be able to practice the best medicine, obviously. Do you have people, I bet you do, you have people coming from far, far, far distances, I'm sure, to see you. 
I do. I think my farthest client is in Morocco. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that's a testament to the type of medicine that you are doing and the demand of people really seeking healing for their animals. And so it, 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 homeopathy is, of course, offers deep and profound healing, but is required uh, to have a, a good guide through the process. So we appreciate your commitment to being that person and partnering with pet parents to be able to make those really important decisions on how to best unlock that next step of healing potential. So thank you for everything that you are doing and congratulations on your Healthy Pets Awesome Achievement Award. Thank you, Dr. Becker. It's lovely to spend this time with you.